An applied method of problem solving characterized by unbiased, honest attitude is intellectual honesty. In a nutshell, say what you mean, mean what you say. Harvard ethicist Louis Guenin describes the kernel of intellectual dishonesty to be a virtuous disposition to eschew deception when given an incentive for deception. My guests today are friends of mine. I'm allowed to bring in friends who have diverse way of seeing the same picture as opposed to how I will see that picture. Let me start by introducing them and I bet you will enjoy this conversational journey. Banke Anyoleke is the clinical lead at Pharmacy Services, Pediatrics and Neonates at Sheikh Khalifa Medical City, Abu Dhabi. She's also an academic board advisor to the Fatima College of Health and Sciences in Abu Dhabi likewise. Efe Shire is a Chief Commercial Officer at Prosperous Holdings, a principal investment firm in Lagos, Nigeria. He's a chartered financial analyst and an investment banker. I'm looking forward to hear the views of these wonderful folks, and I look forward to what we can all learn from them today. I'm Bimbola, an energy analyst, business manager, and a data scientist, and I love spending time with friends and family when I'm not podcasting. Before I continue, I'd like to acknowledge the support of Paysop Invest, a global financial advisory and wealth management firm based in Germany, France, and Nigeria. If you're looking to create generational wealth and understand how to manage your finances, do contact the Paysop Invest team on their website and social media platforms. Today's topic is intellectual dishonesty. A rather broad topic, an abstract one at that, but it envelopes various issues. Our discussion today will include online social commentary, be it via WhatsApp, Twitter, Instagram, and the likes. So, let's begin. Now, permissions, a dichotomy between the days of old and modern times. These days, people feel entitled, if you're not careful, to you as a whole human being. I recall back in the day, if I, if someone could, you know, wanted Efe's phone number, for example, I would reach out to Efe and I would ask him first before I extend his number to whoever is asking. But this day's courtesy is a chore. So I've just used this as a simple example, but there are other areas of permissions. What do we allow ourselves to do? Who do we permit into our space? And who do we permit into our lives? So, Efe, since I already mentioned your name, what do you think about permissions? Hi. Hi. So tell us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's, it's good to be here. Good to be here. And hello, Banker. Hi, Efe. Okay, so um, permissions, rather interesting um, see, uh, conversation and in the broader context of um, intellectual dishonesty and all of that. Um, you see, I think as individuals, right, um, I mean, we, we meet all kinds of people every day and we've got all kinds of people in our spaces coming in and out, right? 
and um, with the advent of social media and uh, 24-hour connectivity across different platforms, you know, um, I think that has blurred the lines um, somewhat. And so with respect to this whole idea of permissions, I mean, I think it requires us to be a little bit more deliberate, you know, about the various interactions that we are having. Yeah, um, obviously, um, it serves a purpose if you, if doing that serves a, pur- a purpose, right? Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, a very simple example, we've, um, as a parent, for instance, um, yeah. you know, for the longest time, whilst we were also, I mean, whilst we were younger, our parents tell us be careful don't talk to strangers and all of those things right and okay. then gradually i believe it's in the 90, late 90s early 2000s that all of this technology probably you know um reduced the distance between people and suddenly the man on the street who or woman on the street who used to be the stranger is now somebody who posts a comment under something that you've um, put online and we've seen how in many instances you know um, teenagers or even younger children have um, uh, in quotes met strangers online but because uh, naive or uh-huh. they don't know better you know um, they've had um, gone on to make those interactions and meet in person and then we've got all these instances Efe, we may, we may have lost you. Are you there? I think you might just the microphone. Oh, yeah. In our lives, right? We need to be deliberate about what those relationships serve, you know? Okay. And of course, that will then um, dictate to what extent, right? They've got access okay. and to what extent we feed those relationships as well as yeah, nurture them, you know, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. We, we lost you for about maybe five seconds or so, but uh, it's it's fine. I think we, we did get, uh, you know. It was quite short. It was, it was not so a long Some people will say uh, this is the challenge of uh, living in the territory. <laughs> because it is. <laughs> I, I wouldn't name names. Oh, we don't care. <laughs> So, Banke, what, what are your thoughts on permissions? Um, I mean, on the back of what he has, you know, said, mm-hmm. he's quite right with, you know, the advent of technology and mm-hmm. whereby mm-hmm. someone on the road, I mean, mm-hmm. abstractly, yeah, mm-hmm. anyone can just suddenly become, you know, mm-hmm. make comments on the a photo on Instagram, for example, yeah. or the ability yeah. to just be added to the same WhatsApp group and, you know, yeah. the person feels just right next to you. What are your thoughts? I think... With that, I think I'm just very much aware of the fact that these are the times we're living in. And I think if you look at all those occurrences and the context of the changing times, it's less of an intrinsic problem for me. You know what I mean? If people would have access to that information by clicking on the internet, like maybe my mobile phone, for example, the whole of the UAE can get access to it. I'm not gonna be really- Oh, right. You can, oh, really? I can. Can you can you oh. hear now? Efe, can, can you hear, hear me? I can hear you. 
But you can't oh. say banke. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> what I'll suggest mm. is, can you? Did you hear banke before previously? When she got on, yes. Okay. Okay. Let's right. try again. Like he said, hello. <laughs> so you still can't hear me now. Efe, can oh, you wow. hear now? No. No. Okay. What I'll suggest is um, if you can uh, join uh, back in uh, with okay. your phone, that's a possibility. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you can join back in with your phone and let's we'll see. We'll wait for you. Works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right okay i can so, hear him though that's strange it's very strange i can i can hear you clearly and i can hear him and what's interesting is he can't hear you i, I don't know how that's that's mm. um, let's yeah. let's wait for him to join again yes 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 it's interesting yeah. um because it's only yeah. gonna work if you can hear me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, hmm. i'm going to can- join in now okay I can't hear her, so I'm going to go off and then come okay. in. Yeah. Because okay. what I'm about to say is very exciting, so you need to hear it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever she said, uh, my village people are protecting me from her. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is a case oh, of village God. people protecting. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Bless them. Uh, yeah, my, my view on permission is very intrinsic, but I'll wait for it. Ife. It's, um, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, because uh, based on, on what he, he also said, I, I, it's mm. very true. You know, you're just, mm. you're literally a WhatsApp group or an yeah. Insta- Instagram comment or Twitter yeah. comments from someone that is, you know, a thousand miles away from where you are. Yeah. Yeah. you know but they don't need your permission that's another thing for you to realize and that's your responsibility to 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 especially oh yeah. when you're right or when you decide to make your profile a public if profile, here. Right? yeah if it, can yeah, you hear us I, now I, can you hear me i can hear both of you loud and clear oh fantastic and now you can hear my abuse <laughs> okay so where were we right okay so on the back of what if said right okay um yeah, so like I said, I think it helps me personally. The way I deal with it is if that information that someone is asking of me or I find they, they are in possession of is something they could have gotten anyway, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be too bothered about it. So it's very important that you actually understand the context within which you're existing. So the the times, the fact that there's technology, the fact of what you do, if you're a public figure, blah, blah, blah. So that's one aspect so i guess my whether i get offended by it or i find it intrusive is how i view that person and how i view how they've acquired it if i feel like it's just a case of you're not being very respectful i can address that and if i actually see permission in the first place i for the longest of time i stopped seeing permission as a very outward thing it's extremely intrinsic for me it's often about what am i giving myself permission for if i find something intrusive i've given myself permission to express it to that person that i find it intrusive now what that means is every time you look at permission as a 
as an intrinsic thing, something that you have to permit yourself, like that autonomy, you're also taking responsibility for the consequences of that. So if I'm going to look at someone and say, well, you were a bit rude, I'm prepared to be confrontational. So whatever comes from that, I'm going to have to live with it. I think the reason a lot of people don't give themselves permission to do things, to live a certain life, to catch a break, to to do certain things is because they don't want to take responsibility. Because as children, we ask for permission from our parents because then they can be responsible for the decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And as an adult, you have to take permission no you don't but you find yourself needing to take permission either because you can't be decisive or you want that to be someone else's responsibility mm-hmm. so yeah i look at permission in a very different way it actually allows me to manage my emotions because i i think to myself is this something that i want to do i give my myself permission to do it is it something i want someone else to do for me i give myself permission to request that aspect from that person if i feel oh if he's back <laughs> if are you back with us i am do you want us to do this segment what? again <laughs> i think, I think we'll have to do this segment again okay i hope you won't disconnect again let's try again yeah go ahead so where were you where were you up to ifa where should i start um intrinsic was the last thing I right, heard. Okay. okay. Right. So I was just saying to Bimbo that I I view permission in a very intrinsic way. I stopped viewing it from an outsider's point of view quite a few years ago. And by that I mean that I often just ask myself, you know, what am I giving myself permission to do? I'm giving myself permission to how I feel, how I respond to stimuli how I catch a break and even choose my responsibilities at times. And that's really how I view permission because in our formative years, like you said, we as children, we would ask for permission for a lot of things because we wanted someone else to guide us. But they were also taking responsibility for that situation that they were permitting us to do. And I honestly think that the reason a lot of us don't give permission to ourselves is because we are we're lazy and we don't want to accommodate the fact that we're going to be responsible for the consequences of that permission. And that's really how I've navigated permission. I've really looked at it as I'm going to allow myself to label this relationship. If I want to call you an acquaintance as opposed to a friend, I will do that. If I want to go to that party, I will do that if I want to decline an inv- invitation. I will do that. If I feel like your comment under my post is something untoward and you don't deserve to speak to me in that manner, I might do that. Or I might decide to walk away because I've reasoned it to the fact that it's a public space and I'm not in control of that. So yeah, permission for me is very much about, you know, taking responsibility in the things we allow ourselves to do, not so much of what we are being permitted to do. Interesting. So, Banquet, would you then say, I, I mean, I hear you, I hear all what you've said and, and you're, 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 you're bang on the money. Would you then say permission can also be people pleasing? Absolutely. Because if you think about it, for people that are adults, that are not children, that find themselves in a perpetual complex of constantly having to seek permission, permission to take a rest, permission to decline invitation, 
what else would motivate you from not being able to give yourself a chance to say no? Because no is a complete sentence because you're trying to please people. It's hard to to sit with because it questions everything else that you might be like like to tell yourself, but it's people pleasing at the best of times. Because if you weren't trying to please people, you will give yourself a bit of a chance, a lot more actually. If you wanted to zip line, you would do it. <laughs> not yeah. caring whether it looks responsible or not. If you wanted to take a nap, you would do it. Hmm. Interesting. Effie. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I quite agree with what Banker has said, and I, I guess she's she's raised some interesting um, views, right? So the lens through which we look at this thing, making it inward, and and for a second, it um, reminded me of a book I had read some time ago. Um, that talk about freedom and how freedom is a burden, you know. Um, and this is to the point of Banker saying that, you know, people are... Sorry, can you guys hear me or do I have to join again? No, we can we hear can, you. Can oh, hear if, you. if, if I'm speaking now. Right. Oh, no, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah, okay, we're fine. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to navigate this whole issue of permissions and the like, it requires um, a certain level of um, deliberateness right and um, almost uh, depending on how far you want to take it you almost need to put a number of things in um, certain buckets right and just that whole process of exercising your choice and the freedom to choose right in itself I think it brings a responsibility that many people actually would rather shy away from because um at some point in time you would then need to and depending if you if you're also dealing with someone who's also deliberating themselves and says okay why haven't you done this or why have you chosen to do this this way right Mm -hmm. and then it's not confrontation but it's just an opportunity to engage and someone wants to understand how you how you've um, reasoned this whole thing out be it a relationship or a pattern that they've um, noticed with your life and stuff like that. Yeah. Many of us would rather not. And I think also we've not been you know, groomed in, to do so, right? You know, I think the way we've been raised, I always discuss with people like my parents, especially my dad, always sort of put the ball in your court, where it was always a very consultative um, way of raising myself you could always come to the table and debate things so you were always responsible for the consequences of your decision right but a lot of parents don't do that so they basically tell us things to do so we go ahead and do it the way they've said and then if it goes pear-shaped you can kind of blame them but i think maybe if we retrace our steps and give more autonomy from an earlier age or at least make the conscious effort to carry the people along with the decisions they're having to make the decision making process people would know that autonomy comes with responsibility as well as consequences ultimately you know interesting mm. interesting nice so i'm, I'm enjoying this because I, I obviously learning a whole lot of views um uh, from both of you uh, what permissions uh, can look like so still I mean, not on permissions now, but segueing right to um, something that tends to, 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 to seemingly seem like permission. Permission for women to progress. 
permission to for anyone really to to get to a certain level or to go beyond even an expected level especially if you find yourself in a place where may not be your natural habitat for example if you live in the west and you are from africa for example you know so this takes me to my next question which is uh, or which falls within the breaking of um, you know the usual term breaking the glass ceiling what is a glass ceiling is there glass ceiling for women is there one for black women i i, I don't understand banke tell us <laughs> well i i think this really typifies you should go for it. <laughs> I should, right? Because if we let you, you might not let me. Right. Um you know, you know, you know, it's I think apart from taking gender bias by by the by the neck of itself, this is one mm-hmm. of those topics that allows you to see intellectual dishonesty in its prime. Because you will have people let you know that one they don't believe that there's a glass ceiling for women or uh-huh. women of color uh-huh. and you i mean you might really you might actually be convinced because you know they will come with data because you know every time people come with statistics they must be right right and what they will say to you is well you know especially if you take the UK for example they'll talk about the equal pay um act which is what mid 70s so it's like 50 years old they'll be like you know a good strides have been made to make sure that you can go as far as you want to go to look at what's happening we're having a lot of appointments in executive positions a lot of women are on the boards a lot of people on the c suite they will tell you everything and they might be right because they're going to come with data but mm-hmm. you experience it right you know for a fact if you're in stem for example no one is to tell you especially if you felt it you know the fact that there are certain positions that will not come to you until Mr Smith retires right <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just the way it is right and yeah. our reality is such that i became an expat at a very young age right so mm-hmm. i'm having positions that i knew no one had to tell me and it causes some sort of imposter syndrome in you i knew there was no way i was going to get that in the south of england because mm-hmm. i just wasn't the the demographic was wrong So glassing does exist for women. It's as simple as this. Certain professions like my husband is an architect. I have people mm-hmm. in law. Certain professions mean if you don't have a certain name, okay? If you're not from a certain social economic class, we really need to question why you even chose that career in the first place because you know right. You know, right. you, you know the trajectory is going to be skewed because mm-hmm. of the demographic you fall into. And if people say that that's not true, then they have to live within like they have to exist as you do. So I think it exists. I think the limit placed on you in a professional sector as to what you can achieve, the grade you can move up to is limited and the fact that it's contrived, right? The society makes it so makes you not even be able to question it. And and that's that's the most difficult thing about it. You're doing everything right, but you know you can't get to that grade. You can't even ask for it because there were justifications as to why it isn't so, and you will get to question yourself. And I think that the systems are made such that you can see how they're trying to mitigate it. You see the quota, you see the positive um discrimination if we can even use that word to make sure that we're increasing the number of women in certain 
um, sectors, into certain mm-hmm. levels, and that's there, you know, and, 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 and people are going to present it to you. But it doesn't nullify the fact that you are still not going to see a lot of directors, even in a field such as healthcare, where you have more women, okay, on mm-hmm. the over the over the board. But when you get to the C-suite, it just changes. It really just changes. And the fact that we're making these little strides now is what people use in conversation to shut you down when you want to establish the fact that the glass ceiling exists. And that's when people are being intellectually dishonest because they know the truth, but they come to the table with big words to let you feel that the truth is in fact not real or that it's just a mere opinion. You know, you're right. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. You're, you're totally right. And you've used an industry where you, you know, where you are in. And I'm in the energy space, oil and gas, renewables and the likes. And that is totally correct. I, I was having a conversation with uh, some other women in energy some weeks back, uh, Selma Osiku and uh, Jennifer Jimbe. And uh, Selma said, Bim, the first, my very first events that I went for or went to as a geologist, you know, as a young geologist, fresh out of school, joined an oil company and went for this event in Cape Town. And my colleague, who was a white man, obviously, had to apologize to me, said, Selma, you, you see, the thing is over here, what you can see is the same stale, pale male. Yeah. That would, basically, that would, I mean, if you if, if you look back to 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 you know one of my uh, the women in energy podcasts, you will you will see or you will listen to that still mm. pill mill. So I totally agree with you. Um, the opportunity is there. They're, unlike the health sector within the energy space, they, they, mm. they, it's not there aren't enough women. There are women, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. They've always been mm-hmm. women, but mm-hmm. we are the minority. And I'm talking on right. a global scale now, not even mm-hmm. in a specific area, not not, a, not not in the West, not in mm. the East, the APAC or whatever, or right. not in, in Africa, but globally, mm. we are a minority. So I totally agree with you. And then in my company, without mentioning my company name, uh, when <laughs> you go to the to the people, I am literally on the top. And what that means is, hey, we hire black people too. Tokenism. <laughs> you know? Tokenism. Which is which is worse than the real problem. <laughs> Do you understand? Hey, we hire black people too. <laughs> I was having this conversation with my colleague yesterday and I said, I have to start getting paid for this, you know. Because mm. when people click <laughs> on people, the first person they see is obviously there's a representation of everyone, you know, mm-hmm. my my white colleagues from different countries, you know. Mm. And then there's me. <laughs> right at the top. And I'm like, yeah, ah, it would be nice if my, you know, money, my pay can reflect the fact that I'm number one here. Mm. Do you understand? So I hear you. I hear you and I agree with you. Glass ceiling, does it even exist, you know? And, and you know, that, as you say, tokenism, that's also there. It's, it's, it's interesting. Efe, you've listened to us. What, what do you think and what are your thoughts? You, number one, being a guy. Number two, you know, mm. in, the, in the finance world, because my sister is in the finance world and I know the pain of what, you know, she's gone through, you know, wanting to break mm. this, you know, so-called black ceiling and which she has also done, but the challenges she keeps meeting and coming by on a daily basis. And now that she lives in Germany, started her own business. And even at that, there's still a lot to, you know, she's a black woman. 
But mm. anyway, over to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I definitely think the, the proverbial glass ceiling exists. Yeah. Um, and I will speak to this from my own experience and perspective and um, as an investment banker and all yeah so um, the one thing I think many people who have any little familiarity with the investment banking world especially on the advisory side of the business and m a and all of those things and maybe more um, less on the trading side is it's long hours lots of travel and all of those things testosterone right and over the course of my career there are two things that i noticed one because of the way the business is stacked up right many times it's not the voice of reason that gets heard it's the loudest voice right and so um you would find that many people if the style of engagement you would become confrontational. More so if females, I, at least I noticed with, realized that you know what? The way to get ahead, you've got to be loud, alpha male type character, and all of these things. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, you know, start to, what's the word now? Um, present that manner. And I think to an extent, begin to lose themselves. Yeah. But I remember having a conversation with um, a friend back when I was at um, one of the international banks. And she, so she had just gotten, I believe, promoted to director or so. Yep. And we were having a conversation and it struck me. She was like, um, this feels like the reward for years of agreeing to go to drinks the boys on Friday nights after work and then come back to the office after drinks to continue the slog. Yeah? And just being available at the clock, you know, to on more work, you know, to shoulder more responsibility and all. But now it feels like like because I'm asking myself, you know, the time I spent, you know, trying to be like the guys, trying to be with the guys, trying to be seen. Could it have been spent doing much um, more um, beneficial things? You know, essentially, she didn't have a family, right? And she, it was mm. something that was important to her, and she would have loved to have done that earlier. Yeah, and that's a sacrifice. And it brings me to the second point. Now, um, financial services, the way it's structured, right? Unfortunately, you, you, and well, in parts of it, you have to be on the ball literally all the time. Yeah. Um, and whilst we've got very generous leave allowances and all of those things, benefits, time off, paternity leave, maternity leave, and all of those things, unfortunately, I think um, women are a bit disadvantaged. And this is probably the same in a lot of other industries. Industries, because yeah. So imagine you're a lady who over the course of 10 years has probably had two or three kids, which is not unusual, right? It means you've been out of the office for possibly 24 to 36 months. Automatically, you know, in for 
periods, right? Um, if promotion cycles happened while you were off, chances that you would get promoted have automatically been diminished. Yeah? yeah. And and this thing compounds. It compounds because um, the less people you have at, the, at senior levels with a voice and representing, um, like say, a broader perspective of, of opinions, right? The more groupthink you're going to continue to have. So I remember um, listening on some show, I believe it's one of the Western states. And this lady, she's in healthcare. She, she just started um, a company focused on reproductive health. And what was one of the motivations for her? She said she saw some interview with the vice president and a few other people. They were discussing re- women's reproductive health. And there was no single woman in the room. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and ridiculous as it sounds, it's uh, it's 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 it happens a lot. It's quite um, a frequent occurrence. Yeah, people trying mm-hmm. to deliberate about another person's life that have no clue. You know, <laughs> on you know how the person's um right um chances are stacked up. So yeah, that ceiling yeah. does exist. But I guess the question then is, um, I mean, among there's a lot of conversation going on, right? Um, what? I guess for me, the question then would be, what should be, from an organizational perspective, what should, how should organizations be even thinking about this thing, you know, in the sense of what are the ends they, they want to be meeting? As against the tokenism that oh, we've got um, mm. um, one black person, got one yeah. colored person, and all on in certain positions. Mm. Unfortunate thing is when those things happen, right? Many times people know, they know this yeah. is not just merit, right? Tick certain boxes. You know, exactly. your colleagues know, and exactly. even yeah. deserve that position. It suddenly mm-hmm. colors this thing, this good, you know. And if you know, if mm-hmm. you're not a strong person, strong character, and all, it possibly you know people begin to feel like impostors, and they don't meet up to the promise that you held in that position. So, but yeah. so for how should organizations be? What kind of should they be having? Because I'm also so mindful of the fact it. that okay, yeah, pump them. But that's just it. They do know. And you know how we say in social commentary, people try to evade, dodge, or pretend that they don't know. I know we're going to move on to specifics such as sort of feminism and basically, or racism, and people say, what is that? Organizations know. They know about the glass ceiling. They know about the social determinants of behavior that would disadvantage a woman. All these are things that they're aware of. The manifestation of the glass ceiling exists because nobody wants to change the status quo, not because we don't believe it should be changed. So what am I saying? If we want to do it differently, we're going to address equality in a different way. We're going to look at the amount of time. So when you when you want to assess this, women, they sacrifice so much, right? That they don't take the maternity leave, that they don't take all that. Most times, they still find themselves telling you the story that your friend is telling you, right? So she might make it, but she's had to have this sacrifice. The fact is, it's not put into the system. No one is 
admitting that equality and sameness are not the same thing. People are basically going back to the argument that for us to be able to restructure this, for us to be able to correct this, equality can only happen when sameness is the situation between man and woman. It need not be like that. It need not be like that at all. So HR knows, organizations know what they need to do in order to make sure that people don't earn a third of what the other person does that does the same thing. But they're going to perpetuate the ignorance because it's the same thing that we do when something onto it happens and they ask the token black person to come and talk to them how a black person should be treated. You know how I should be treated. I ought not to be treated differently. You know, so what what is this? And and this is what I keep saying because you know, as individuals we can check ourselves, but somehow we find it difficult to check organizations. In 2021, they cannot possibly come and tell me that, you know, what should we be doing to make sure that women are okay? Whatever it is that you think I need, whatever it is I have expressed that I need, let's start from there. Let's start from the fact that I don't have to pretend to be a man before I'm heard. Let's start from the fact that I don't have to be seen to do anything extra apart from what I'm putting to the table. And if I am going to be um treated differently, let us be able to come and say it with our chest that you cannot have this position because this and this. Most times organizations mislead you by thinking that there are other reasons why certain things cannot be the outcome. And it is in that dishonesty that people get frustrated. It is in that dishonesty that people think there needs to be something else in order to achieve a particular outcome or deny its existence altogether. Right. Right. Interesting. So much uh, passion in this in this uh, topic. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, why not, right? Uh, and speaking of which, the things that we 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 go through, the things that we see, um, you know, um, as women to start with, and then as women of color, a, a term that <laughs> yeah, I'm getting used to. <laughs> women of color, women of no color. I don't know what that means, but anyway, <laughs> we move. <laughs> Pigmentation, rosy cheeks, ebony queen, black girl magic, and all of that. I know, right? We move. But, but, but you know, it, but one thing that has always um, amazed me is how creative um, these guys get with all of this um, acronyms. I know. You know. I know. BIPOC. It is crazy. <laughs> you know? It's um, crazy. The one I hate is that BAME. What is that? Who came Bame. up with that? Yeah, exactly. B- BAME. I'm like, wait, what? B- um, B- what? BAME? <laughs> Go on, you know, The only thing I can yeah. think of every time I hear a new acronym is that this actually is, is the, it's proper, it just, it's the, you know, the very definition of discrimination. When yeah. you need to differentiate <laughs> something from another. Yeah. What happened yeah. to human? Oh, oh exactly. Mm, I don't no. know. Is that because they want to label it so that at least we can face it? Because human is clearly not human because we find ways to show each other up anyway. Sure. It might be slightly reductive. So, but but it, yeah, but it's more it's more your your former point, you know, it's labels. Mm-hmm. And I think labels, I mean, they serve a good purpose, right? You want to know, so if this is acid, I want to know how I should act around it. Yeah? yeah. And yeah. how I should use it, you know? But on the other hand, it also helps me know that, okay, this is something dangerous. And if I've got some vile intent, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I, I know where to go. Now, mm. take that to this conversation we're having around, um, you know, um, color, women, and all, and all of these things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Some, I think those labels, if somehow indirectly, maybe unintentionally, feel the tokenism that, you know, has become very rife. Mm. Because once you're, I mean, imagine you go to a boardroom and then they're reeling out stats and say, we've got four women on our senior management team, blah, 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 and all of these things. Two of them are, let's use Blanket's new word, two of them are in the BIM <laughs> category, right? <laughs> so, yeah. It's a global world, right? And maybe this board is comprised of people from different parts of the world and all. Before then, they only saw you as banker and bimbo. Of course, they say interesting names, but they've mm. probably not been able to put um, a face to it. But immediately, this label is emphasized. Yeah. You know, certain things are triggered in their head. They now have to think about you in a certain way. Um, yeah. if they're nice people they now have to be differential to you they now have to be cautious about what they're saying to you you know on yeah. a base level sure but I think that's our responsibility to an extent where we need to move away from being happy just about the words people use and the acronym people use like I always say to, to you FA when you're in conversation right if you don't let people get away with not answering questions or not saying what they mean by hiding behind big words you shouldn't accept it in acronyms either you should really think about well, what does this actually mean for me and until i think the people of ethnic minorities start to really ask these questions and see how things manifest we won't move away from it because tokenism is only perpetuated when we let the story stop with the fact that we see a black face or the fact that we see a woman you know really and truly how is that organization um uh, growing forward what are the things that they're doing to make sure it's sustained how is it that we're dealing with the prejudice because you can legislate all sorts of things but you can't change Mm -hmm. how people feel and until you truly engage with people and take things to the basics you never really see how they feel about issues and you can't make any lasting changes you can use data you can use all the data points you think you do you fix the Uh problem there and the aesthetics Uh look amazing but you don't engage people at the very basic level to get to the bottom of how they feel and that's why we never change the trajectory of things and we always look at the surface level and we go back to how things would be we need to take responsibilities to really see how principles are manifested how the portfolios and everything they say is you know carried on through through the through the ranks and if mm. you're the BAME person, you know, what's your responsibility to making sure that you're not just there to fulfill a quarter? Yeah, And exactly. most times you find these people are even stopping people like themselves to rise because, you know, as yeah. long as I fulfill the quarter, yeah. that's it. It's yeah. done. There's, there's that too. There's that too. And still speaking on uh, about acronyms, uh, the one that pops in my head is, uh, and with all due respect to uh, Americans that have been listening to this uh, podcast, um, uh, is the African-American bit. African Americans, <laughs> they are tired of being labeled African Americans because well, they the true, be they just prefer to be called Black Americans, no? Because that's what they again, are. And then again, it's right. a, it's an issue of okay, why are you calling me Black? But but you are. If you're Black, you're Black. 
let's not even get into right. the one drop syndrome or whatever. I call it, it's a syndrome. That's what I call it because it's <laughs> but just But you know, they also say syndrome. you're not black, right? You know that in America, you are also not black. You are African. Okay. Or, or, or your well, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that's also there. I don't know. Do you understand? Now, the Africans that come from Africa, they t- they, they tend to say different. we are African Americans, or oh, I'm Nigerian right. American, I'm Ghanaian American, mm. and all mm. of that. And then you have the ones that you know got there because their forefathers were you know mm-hmm. moved there, mm. you know, based on the situation back in the day. Mm-hmm. Then they they begin to feel like oh, so you feel you're better than us. Oh, you right. be, oh because you've come, because you're African, you're better than us, you know, and then mm. everyone is just lumped into that same name of African American, and then back to BAME, right? Black and ethnic minority, which I think mm-hmm. that's what it means. Then you have those that are not black people, and this is this is I, I almost felt, felt like this is a European thing or, or more like a mm-hmm. UK thing because it's right. in the UK that you just hear it every time, BAME, 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 right. BAME, BAME, and it's something apparently a lot of black people probably or i shouldn't say lots of because i don't know but quite a number of black people don't really appreciate it and why because the other ethnic minorities tend to behave or tend to even demonstrate that they are better mm. than you who is black do you understand right. so you have all of those things and it's just uh it's 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 just tiring so you want us it's to go back tiring. to human the label it's- human <laughs> <laughs> that works <laughs> If, if only life no. is so easy, yeah? But exactly. I, I think we always need categories. And I think I agree with Ife in the fact that it does help us to manifest our prejudice. Because, you know, yeah. when we were younger in England, they would always um, separate us into groups at school. Um, this, right. this goes back into the acronyms as well as the glass ceiling. So yeah. from a very young age, they determine whether you will be in the foundation level, intermediate level, and the higher level. Now, if you're in the foundation level, the highest grade you would get is a D or a C or something. Basically, what this classification does is it predetermines your destiny from year nine and year 10. So you okay. basically figure out who's going to go to do A-levels and become and go to university and who isn't. So that's what happens when categorization occurs. And if it occurs and you give the person doing the categorization the authority to determine people's destinies, because if okay. you get it wrong, it's, it's wrong right so really and truly if the acronyms are not serving us if they're not bringing us back to the table of equality then we're just deceiving ourselves and if they is not liked by black people or ethnic minorities who coined it who is perpetuating that's it? A, that, that, so that's a good question. question yeah yeah that's a good question yeah yeah totally anyway we could spend the whole day on this particular topic really or <laughs> this particular point rather uh, but I, I have something that I think is quite interesting for us to get into and that's hypergamy so for me I say hypergamy well why not why not if not this is a, and I want us to come back some other time to even talk more on hypergamy but I, I'm very interested to hear what we what we can talk about uh, on it uh, uh, today I mean what, again I don't know if this comes from the whole black ceiling situation breaking glass ceilings for women blah 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 why can't a woman decide okay I'm fine as it is but I would like to be with someone who is more than I am, or I feel is more than I am, has more economic means than than I do. And then possibly it becomes a case of, oh, so she thinks she's better than us. She wants to be with men that are better than 
us and things like that. So, Banke, what are the unspoken dating rules in the Nigerian context? <laughs> well, I don't know about Nigeria, but I know about Darwin's evolution theory. <laughs> it's simple, right? <laughs> uh, see, see, you know, you know, it's so interesting. Like a stubborn one, honestly. <laughs> I know, I know. I really do apologize. But you know why I tend not to argue with people about certain things? Because people know, you know, in my language, they say, Abi. People know when a fact is fact, right? Yeah. They just okay. really want you to dance around with it. Because really, uh-huh. women are physiologically programmed to make sure that they're going to find a partner that is the most viable so that uh, offspring will be good it's a very simple nature story that shouldn't be debated now when you want to cloud it in all things fancy and politically correct and suitable for 2021 i understand how that how this topic can get really fancy now based on the fact that a woman is programmed to do that it's not just about social status for me it's about genetics you know it's nice that you have good dentition it's nice that you still have your hairline when you're beyond 50 you know as superficial as they may be it, it stems from really solid facts that would help me determine whether or not that you're going to be a good mate for me and it's not just a one-way situation a man wants to know if i can carry a child you know and modern day people will be like oh well you know why are you going for men that are better and this and why should men only choose women that are slim and blue-eyed and pretty every environment has its own beauty standards but it's not just about beauty and wealth hypergamine basically means that you want a situation where you are choosing a mate that you deem to be superior to be good for you if you feel that that's not inclusive enough and we're not catering for all women because then high value women and high value men are all going to go out and people are marrying up if you have a problem with that then you have a problem with nature then you're basically asking me to come to a debate in which i'm going to go against nature and that's fine if it's going to make it sound more politically correct but i have no problem with it and i think that it's only because people look at it from a economic point of view they look at it as okay women are looking for rich men and that is true because rich men mean they can put food on the table they can put a roof over my head the problem here is people don't want to say what they mean and mean what they say people have a problem with sounding funny i don't have a problem with sounding funny i don't have a problem with hypergamy and i think that if women want to do that they can choose to do that but you also have to come to the table correct you know what i mean because the man you know you know how we say is your spec your spec because <laughs> mm-hmm. you say you're looking for high value men you think he's going to look for someone that looks like they're disease ridden or they're not going to be able to come to the outcome that he chooses as well so it's it's a it's a match thing and everyone is trying to put their best foot forward there's absolutely nothing wrong with a woman seeking to be with a mate that is viable and that is mm-hmm. the creme de la creme good point Efe. Hmm. yeah um <laughs> I think, uh, frankly, um, I, I, I see nothing wrong with it, right? We all, we all, um, we all have freedom of. However, I, I guess the one um, point, I and mean, it's also important to um, raise in this is, 
at every point in time, right, regardless of uh, social status, economic status, health, whatever it is, we were all optimizing for something at every point in time. And in this context of hypergamy, you know, as bankers put it, it could be health considerations, economic considerations, social considerations, whatever it is, you know. But for um, uh, people who, as a, a woman who's going to be deliberate in this manner, I think one thing that um, uh, reminds is that whatever it is we're optimizing for, our motives will always be questioned. Yeah? And I guess that's where some of the backlash comes, that you then family members are, you know, couldn't you have done better? What does she want, you know? And then um, in, <laughs> it's not coming in, in our part of the world yet, but then you now start having talks about prenup agreements and all of those things, you know? But, right. and, and what I even say to people is, if a family insists on a prenup, you should not be offended by it. They're quite yes. I think it's human. You yeah. know that it's two sides to the coin. Your motives are being questioned. It's human, mm-hmm. and you know it's what it is. And I guess it goes back to what we had spoken earlier. You know, in terms of um, the freedoms to express our own choices. And the mm-hmm. responsibility that comes with it. With it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, you know the problem with hypergamy, FAM bimbo. It's always the gatekeepers of womanhood, and it's always the women. You know, the internalized <laughs> misogyny that comes with this is the problem. So. If you notice, whenever we have these discussions, it's never the men having a problem with the fact that women want to choose this. You know, men have other problems. They, they're worrying true. about yeah. social climbing because, you know, there are things that are worse than hypergamy. There are, there, are, there are the fact that people have lost their values in building proper relationships because they're too busy networking, as I call it. You know what I mean? Marrying someone viable is one thing. I can live with that. What I can't live with is a grown man going to build relationships based just solely on what it can get and going to churches and you know that that's another conversation altogether so if i want to get mad i have enough material to get mad over on that segment but for for this one i think it's always the women and when i didn't know better i remember 10 years ago i was doing my nails somewhere and i was like oh you know i can't bear not working and let people choose what they want to do okay Mm -hmm. just face your choice if someone is choosing to be a stay-at-home mom and they want to marry a billionaire and that's a choice they're not ashamed to hold forward and stand let let that be don't project the fact that you don't like that because you can't do it onto me that's really that's on you so i think really and truly whatever position we have on these topics we need to be true to it why do you have that position what informs that what place is it coming from is it coming from a place of you think this is good for the environment this is bad for the environment this is morally corrupt or the fact that you just hate the fact that you would love to choose that but you're too bothered about looking good to make that choice you know because it might not look like you're you've used your degree to a, a great way if you're going around looking for a rich man try get the rich man first it's easy <laughs> you know what i mean it ain't easy i've been trying to catch a rich billionaire russian for a while and i'm still at it so it ain't easy. <laughs> you just need to move to russia a lot of only gets yeah. there, there is that. <laughs> but you get me right i mean i, I, yeah, I can yeah. send you i can send you some uh, 
Russian courses to help you in conversation. And, and you, know, you haven't just, even I'm, helped I'm yourself, darling. <laughs> help I'm, yourself first. I'm investing then, you in know. this enterprise. <laughs> and you want to cut, right? No, I of remember you. Of course you do. Of course you do. But right. yeah, no, we can never have honest conversations about certain things. And I think hypergamy is one of them. It's People one don't of them. want to stand mm-hmm. by what they see. Mm. Interesting, interesting. And this uh, uh, takes me to the last thing I'm going to talk about, uh, the last point rather, and that is feminism. What does this mean to an African man, Ife? You have to start with me. <laughs> you know, I, I this was like, our okay. first fight when we first started becoming friends. So yeah, let him have it. <laughs> I, I, I feel like a goalkeeper has been caught flat-footed, and the ball is in the goal already. <laughs> Ooh, go on. Okay. Okay. Um. So. Um. African man, I'll say to me, but I'm African, so maybe this could be representative for a number of people. Um, I think for me, I think feminism for me it's about equality. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I was going to say should be about equality, but I thought that's just going to get me down a rabbit hole. I'd say it's about <laughs> equality, right? Um. Yeah. Um what men can get can obtain can be can strive to without anyone questioning their motives it should be the same for women i think that's how i like to think about it Banke is laughing, so I think Banke, Banke probably, I, I don't know, I mean, like you said, both of you had this very, you, you had this conversation, so Banke is just picturing something that you may have said that is different from what you're saying now, so. Oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to put our words right back to her. You've got a right to evolve. <laughs> absolutely darling absolutely no 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 jokes apart honestly this was an opportunity for us actually you know oh i'm gonna actually give him a lot of credit here i think mm. when when years ago now you know the only way you really know and check your own biases is from conversation that is true and i think with certain topics it's very difficult because you know you're having it in social spaces you're often playing to the gallery there is that bit of motivated reasoning to get people on your side there's also sounding right and you know not wanting to sound like a you know that you're a bigger but his definition is true and i think most challenges that i had if they included with people is we could never get past the I don't know. Nobody seems to know what feminism means. Anyway, if you ask them, they all have different definitions. And I'm like, different definitions, exactly. Yeah, I was like, why do we? Why is the conversation going towards the confusion that other people might have? Why can we not start from the very core of how you understand it? Then, when we did, like he said, right, it's about equality. You find that people never disagree about that core. When they complain about not knowing what it means, it's just a distraction because intrinsically they do 
they get it. They know it's equality. They know it's about this. And some of them are even elevated to know that it's not an argument for sameness. Now, the challenge is when you ask them, do they believe that men and women should have equal rights? I mean, in them, in themselves, do they believe it? Then they start to stutter. Then the argument for sameness gets in the way. And they, half of the time, they don't believe it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But first, we must come to what you truly feel. Because if we don't, then we're forced to be asking you to do what you don't really agree with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. sometimes you find that people are okay to think that, yes, we do, men and women should have equal rights. Sometimes they don't think we should have equal rights. And then that can form how you progress in that conversation with that person. Now, I think we've lost Ife. I think I should wait for him for this next thing I want to say. Yeah, we lost him. Uh, he must have had a call coming or something. Okay. Hopefully, he can I get back I think we in. should wait. Yeah, because the next bit is really how how that belief manifests itself, and mm-hmm. it would change everything. So if you, it's either you believe in equal. Oh, if it's oh, back. there he is. Yeah. If are you back? Yeah, I, I, um, okay. I miss some of the good things you were saying about me. Yeah. <laughs> no. <darling. laughs> No, yeah, never. Go on back. Okay, <laughs> so where was I? I was saying about that distinction between like being able for people to come to the table as to how they truly feel. So if there's agreement on the equality of men and women that they deserve equal rights, then you can progress to asking that person, how does this manifest? How would they expect it to manifest? We can go to equal pay, equal rights, me being able to, you know, to have gender roles that are, you know, blah, blah, blah. But first, you must be able to come with your chest and tell me that you don't believe that women and men should have equal rights. And that too will be fine. So I think my struggle with feminism and people's interpretation and people's debates and position on it has been that intellectual dishonesty that we keep going on about. People just don't have the chest to say that they don't believe in the equality of men and women when it comes to access to rights, access to trade, access to profession. It doesn't matter whether they have daughters or mothers, by the way. And I don't think that it's it's a case of trying to judge someone, but you can't move and have meaningful conversations or relationships for that matter, when people refuse to say what they mean and mean what they say. And that's my problem with it. So they distract themselves with, oh, there's several waves of feminism or feminists are always angry because now you're conversing with me. I'm married. I'm pretty girly. There's not a lot of things for me to be upset about in life. Yet I'm very vocal about feminism. And that really disturbs them to the point where they say, well, well, what's your problem anyway? But that's just it. You would rather I'm angry. You would rather I was single. And you'd rather question my sexuality. Perhaps I'm a lesbian. I can't get a man. Then you'll be able to, you know, discard whatever it is I've got to say. But no, I, I I don't have all of those works for you to focus on nor am i confused about the definition of feminism so we can now focus on your own cognitive dissonance if you may and that's where you need to start with people and that that's where conversation can can progress and that's what we've done awesome thanks banke ife yeah um okay so uh, i think i and i i hear I hear Banke and I, I, I think she's um, spot on. Um, but as a guy, I think also, and from the early conversations I used to have with Banke around this thing, 
uh, I think there's a lot of um, intellectual dishonesty around this topic on both sides, even amongst mm. women. Yeah. Okay. And you know how it is where your first experience of a thing colors the way you think about it and engage uh, going forward, right? Yeah. Um, I think that there's a little bit of that that has happened, you know, as with all... Um, so thank God um, you met me then, right? Oh, yeah, thank God I met you. let him, let him. Go on, Ife. You know, <laughs> lost his thought um, now. <laughs> I've lost my thought again. So, so, yeah, I'll say, so your very first experience of it, col- I, I think, colors the way you engage with it going forward, right? And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, and I think, um, unfortunately, for um, many people, women and men alike, I think they've come across or only been exposed to perhaps what I'd call, yeah, the toxic forms of femini- feminism, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, and yeah. because of that, it is colored every conversation you want to have with them around this um, this topic, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, I, and I think this is one of the um, um, topics that I would say that definition does matter and at the same time doesn't. Mm. yeah i agree you know because um the base thought is very simple do you agree that men and women should have the same rights the same access the same opportunities and everything do you and we should leave it at that right but that's a very difficult thing though Ife. that question is so difficult for people to answer truthfully (laughs) I, i i know exactly so let's let's start from that base right let's forget uh, that's why i said on the one hand the label does matter and on the other hand it doesn't you know so first of all let's think about it very in, you know first principles this is the point of departure it's equality for both uh-huh. sexes right and yeah. then um if you want to get into knots and twists around how um, um it manifests toxic how it manifests mm. all of those and then fine let us not mm-hmm. define and label it properly, you know. But and I think that's easy. where it gets juicy, you know. When you show, when you tell people to show you how they manifest their position, whether they agree or they don't, and Correct. that's when they truly feel, okay, maybe I don't belong in this category. Maybe I do like it. Maybe I don't Correct. like it. You have to and, drive it and, home. Yeah, and the other thing I was going to say, you know, I think, look, um, it is pretty on a base level in many parts of the world is difficult being a woman yeah. right um it's mm-hmm. difficult being a woman and i get that i understand that i appreciate that you know i admit that you know but what i always say to a number of my female friends is you see um i think the french have the french they've got this print uh, whatever they say noblesse oblige so nobility imposes obligations if you're from the aristocracy or from a king or whatever it is, you've got an obligation to take care of the peasants in your kingdom or the your um, subjects and all of those things, right? Because okay. you're seemingly on a higher level. Mm-hmm. And I said to women, you are coming from this point that, uh, or, you know, we want equality and everything, you know. Unfortunately, a greater burden rests in your lap, yeah? 
um, for people to understand where you are coming from. So you cannot afford to provide distractions. You know, once your rhetoric begins to seem like anti-man or anti-male, anti-masculine, uh-huh. you suddenly detract instead of you explaining what you mean by equality right you uh-huh. suddenly have to defend and explain the fact that no no no, no i'm not against men i'm not against you know all of those things are distractions you know wow. and it's very easy to but get into that rabbit hole we have to be careful here because this is akin to how people say you know as a black person you're the one looking for equal rights. So you better be nice to Massa so that he doesn't get upset by your quest. And really and truly, if we want to be very honest, as much as I agree with you, I don't think you should be an angry person anyway, whether or not you're fighting for equal rights or not. But I think to really then say that the approach of how a person approaches feminism is enough reason for us to pretend not to get it is the reason why we're always here at this point. People know People really know that just because you're a woman doesn't mean you still have to fight to be treated nicely. You know, whether or not she's screaming on top, it would be nice if she's amiable. But the fact that she isn't, isn't enough reason for us to keep pretending that we don't know what's right. You know, but for me, I also, I get it. I think as a man, you guys have it tough because I also think one of the problems with feminism and its trajectory is because it's traveling along the same lines of the male identity crisis. I think that our men really now don't really know what day it is. The, basically, feminism is challenging the privilege that you've always known, right? So all of a sudden, I do agree like, with you, Bank. Do you know what I mean? This is right? Yeah, this is mm-hmm. something I see a lot. <clears throat> excuse me, in 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 Scandinavia, you know, based on my my experience living there as well. Um, yes, it does challenge the man's, you know, sort of status quo. What's yeah. the, the man's privilege, basically? What has always been something that is, oh, it's us. This is what we do. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But you know, and then you have the women liberation situation, and 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 then the man starts to feel uh, like, okay, well, if she can do it, then why should I? Do, do you understand? So yeah. I, I hear both of you, you know, on on the point of, you know, one has to be careful in terms of how one sees it is you know yeah. is something feminist or is it not is it going to be perceived in this way in in, in a certain way or is it not yeah and and some people will listen to chimamanda Adichie's definition of feminism and they would they would even throw a fit to say oh my god what is she <laughs> on about you know blah 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 you know well, oh she's she, she only talks about this to 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 push her agenda every time she has a book to sell then she becomes a feminist you know so <laughs> It's I just, think we should yeah. always ask people why they're angry about the terminology. Because I for me, you, yeah. I say we should entertain and let people identify with this male identity crisis that is also always going to be a thorn in everything you want to do to move feminism forward. But we shut men down. We don't let them really express their difficulty in this new adjustment. Now has to share his space with me you know it has to now not be the dog's bollocks all the time he has to share mm-hmm. professions he has to share you know roles and this yeah. is an adjustment mm-hmm. that they have to make and no one talks about it enough and we just expect mm-hmm. them to embrace feminism so we're not really in truth you know with, with the whole discussion so that's why you always get people fighting back and hating chimamanda i mean how can you but here we are <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my days guys 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 lady and gentlemen thank you so much honestly we could go on we will be here for two three hours you know 
these points are really they're topics on their own and these 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 are topics which we should actually you know come back take just one of them sit down and dissect it you know into pieces so i really really appreciate both of you uh, there's so much more to talk about but we also have to be mindful of you know uh, your your day you know in your respective uh, cities and countries where you are I've thoroughly enjoyed every moment and so much of a, a learning process for for uh, for me as well. So thank you, thank you, Efe, thank you, Banke, thank you so so, thank so, you so very much. much. Thank this you for good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, of course you did. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do both of you. I can't. I can't do both of you. <laughs> oh Lord, I can't with both of you. Well, a big thanks to our listeners. Uh, trust me, Effie and Banker will be back. This is not the end. <laughs> they will be back. So thank you guys for for listening in and. Uh, yeah, please throw in your comments and let's let's know your thoughts on you know the the points uh, that we discussed today under the topic of intellectual dishonesty. So until next time, it's Bim from Blue Citron. Do enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are. Thank you. Ciao. Bye.